Welcome to the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Blake Lindsay. I want to personally welcome you to Zig Ziggler's Inspire Podcast. I am really glad you're here, and I hope you're taking a minute to tell people about our weekly program. Today, Zig is going to tell us how he got a brand new pair of glasses and then offer us a new pair of glasses, too. Let's listen together to our mentor, Zig Ziggler. Any kind of training that we give increases productivity, almost any kind of training. Remember the Hawthorne study? They turned the lights brighter in this factory and productivity went up, and then they turned them down and productivity went up temporarily. Training, just about any kind, will do that. But over a period of time, as it sets in and gets to be old hat, we revert back to form unless we as individuals grow and change. And that's where we like to believe we are different. We deal with the fact that you got to be before you can do, and you got to do before you can have. So as we look at this, then we're going to look at the growth factor that will make a difference. Now, I've been looking the audience over very carefully as I've been talking, and some of you probably noticed I kind of walk around a little bit. How many of you had noticed that? <laughs> I, have, uh, I have looked you over, and I'm astonished at the youth of this group. Bunch of youngsters. Nobody here is even old enough to know what I'm about to tell you, so I just have to go ahead and tell you. When you reach a certain age, there are chemical changes that take place in the human body. And as you know, we've got a lot of pollution out there in the air. And when the chemical changes of the body meet the pollution in the air, what it does is destroy the strength of the lenses in your glasses. <laughs> well, that happened to me a few years ago. And so I went down to see my friendly optometrist, and uh, he gave me all the tests, you know, wrote the prescription, said, see me next Tuesday, they'll be ready. Well, the following Tuesday, I walked in, he put these new bifocals on me, you know, and said, okay, Zig, how do they feel? I said, they feel good. He said, they look good, too. He said, you're on your way. Well, my car was parked about 15 or 20 feet outside of his front door. As I stepped out the front door in my new bifocals, I headed for my car. <laughs> now, you, you're talking about a high-stepping dude. Old Zig is really picking them up and putting them down. Now, I didn't realize that until I drew abreast of the car, and there I was, my right leg up there, about three and a half feet, you know, and I saw the reflection in the window. Now, you know how you feel when you do something that's not overly bright? You look around for fear that everybody in town been watching you, you know, and... So I looked around right quick. Nobody's paying me the least bit of attention. But realizing how utterly ridiculous I must have looked, I could not help it. I just burst out laughing. And then I got excited. And the reason I got excited was that day, for the first time in my life, I realized what I do. Basically, you see, I go around this country and other countries as well, fitting people with new glasses. Because the reality is, if we're going to change that picture, we've got to also adapt to those new glasses that will make a difference. I want to emphasize these are not rose-colored glasses. I've said it before. I've said a number of times, life is tough. But when you're tough on yourself, then life will be infinitely easier on you. I also want to emphasize, neither are they woes-colored glasses. 
You know, so many people walk around looking like the picture on their driver's license. Uh, you know, <laughs> acting somewhat like a cruise director for the Titanic, you know, maybe like somebody's licked all the red off of their candy. No, these are not woes colored glasses. These are vision glasses which will enable you to see further and understand more. Vision glasses are enormously important. Somebody asked Helen Keller what would be worse than being blind. Without hesitation, she said, it would be infinitely worse to have perfect eyesight and no vision than the other way around. In his last year, somebody asked Dr. Albert Schweitzer, how goes it, Dr. Schweitzer? And he said, uh, my sight grows dim, but my vision is clearer than ever. Solomon said, my people perish for lack of a vision. I believe with all my heart that's one of the basic problems, not only individually, but it is the problem that we as a society and many companies and families have, their vision is limited, and that is unfortunate. It is even tragic. Oliver Wendell Holmes years ago said, it's tragic, the loss of our natural resources, but what is even more tragic is the fact that the average American goes to their grave with their music still in them. Uh, all of us have those songs in us. Nat King Cole was on the West Coast. Early on, he got his career started as a piano player. Now, this particular night, the singer did not show. The club owner said, where's the singer? Nat King Cole said, he's not here, he's sick. The owner said, no singer, no money. That's the night Nat King Cole became a singer. <laughs> and of course, the rest, as the old song goes, is history. Now, you might not be able to carry a tune, but you've got a song inside of you. And the purpose of these recordings is to get the song out, whatever it might be, so that you can sing that song. We need pictures. You know what I believe about myself when I tell people this? Sometimes they look at me as if I'm just a whistling Dixie or something. I honestly believe that I'm at least five, maybe ten years away from reaching my peak. I feel better, more energetic, stronger, better informed than I've ever felt in my life. And the research I'm doing clearly indicates that if you remain active physically and mentally, and I still read an average of about three hours a day, uh, that your creativity definitely substantially increases because you have access to all of the accumulated information and knowledge you've acquired over that period of years. I recently signed a contract seven years to do a daily newspaper column. We're in 32 papers uh, now, and if you'll call your local paper, maybe we'll get in your paper as well in case we're not there. Now, they insisted on a seven-year renewal, so that's 14 years. I believe in those long-range goals. I really do. A lot of times people ask me, well, do you ever think about retirement? I said, yep, and said no long time ago. <laughs> you, uh, you might not uh, know this, but the only time retirement is mentioned in the Bible, it is always as a punishment. I just hope God is not ready to punish me uh, for a while at any rate. Got so many things I want to do. Now, I'm ready to go when he's ready for me, but I got a lot of things also I would like to get done. That retirement baloney got started in the 1870s in Germany when Bismarck was a chancellor. He just noticed one day that virtually every one of his powerful enemies was 65 and older. 
He persuaded the German legislature to pass legislation making age 65 mandatory retirement age. In one stroke of the pen, now he neglected to explain to everybody what he was doing, uh, but in one stroke of the pen, he eliminated the overwhelming majority of all of his enemies who had power, judgment, wisdom, influence, contacts, money, I mean the whole smear. And for some reason, a lot of people, a lot of other countries said, hey, that's a good idea, let's do that too. And as a result, we're putting out to pasture people as they literally, in many cases, hit their peak. I think it's a tragic mistake. For example, so many people are so age conscious. I was doing a radio talk show here a few months ago, and this lady called in as one of those question and answer deals, you know, and she was almost crying. She said, I'm 55 years old. I've never done anything with my life, and now it's too late. I said, ma'am, did you say you were 55? She said, yes, I am. I said, you just a spring chicken. I said, as a matter of fact, does your mama know where you are? And <laughs> she did exactly what you just did in this live audience. She got so tickled. And the rest of the time we talked about solutions. Here's what you can do. You know, so many people go through life whining. I really ought to carry some cheese with me so we could have wine and cheese. I mean, they, 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 they tell me that those things kind of go together. Now, what I want to do is, is talk to you. you. You see, as you're listening to this, I have an idea right now you're smiling because we've been telling a little funnier uh, or two, and, and you're kind of interested in what I'm going to say. So let me, matter of fact, you've invested your money, so that's proof that you're interested in what I'm going to say. I love to hear Mr. Ziegler telling jokes. He gets me to grinning and laughing when he's cracking up before the punchline. I like that kind of enthusiastic joke teller. I hope you've gotten a brand new pair of glasses from listening to these Inspire podcasts. It is our mission to make a positive difference in the world. If we made you laugh today or caused you to smile, then we hope your day was brighter from spending time with us. Until next time, this is Blake Lindsay reminding you to live your life to the fullest. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.